Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this episode of Gospel of Two Wheels. Uh, in this episode, we talked to Brady Metter from TBT Racing. They are a suspension engine service company, uh, originally based out of California, but uh, Brady lives in uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma. And uh, we talk about everything from suspension oil to clicker settings, springs, everything. So, hope you enjoy it. If you like this, subscribe, really appreciate it, share this thing, give us a like, comment down below on what you want us to talk about next. Um, we'll try to get one of these out every week. Hope you guys have a great day. Hey everybody, it's Morgan and Brady Metter from TVT Racing. Yes, coming to you live from the Highland Cycle Studio here at my house. Super fancy, camera's a little cockeyed, sorry about that everybody. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're here to talk with Brady about suspension and TBT and all that stuff. We are here, ready to go. You guys fire off questions for Brady at any time. We'll start with Brady, give us a lowdown on who you are, what you do, all that stuff. Um, Brady Metter from Tulsa, Oklahoma area. Um, been involved in motorcycles my whole life, racing dirt bikes and road racing a little bit and my family's owned a shop for a long time and um yeah just doing the bike thing so and what's what is tbt racing uh tbt racing is uh tuning by travis uh travis Slatenow started it a long time ago in the early 90s um he's worked for nascar and roundy round cars and baja and he's just done a little bit of everything um i started working with him about five years ago um and we've got like seven shops around the country and around the world so um we all work together and come up with good settings and um you know help each other and come up with stuff together and uh, travis is super good on setups and figuring out how to make things work good so right on. Works pretty good bill butt what's going on how you doing um well so why don't we just talk a little bit about suspension in general um what would you say Let's talk about chassis setup. What would be like you don't have if let's say you don't have the money set yep. together to have someone else dial your suspension yep. for you. What is the first thing you ought to be doing um, to a new to new to you dirt bike? New to you dirt bike, you need to make sure you have the right springs at the minimum for you for what you're doing. Um, you need to set your sag, make sure your clickers are kind of in the middle and kind of you know know what the bike does with the clickers that tin out on each side. You know, and then go ride it on some trail that you're used to and then, you know, go in four or five clicks and see what the differences are and, you know, just play with it first. You don't have to, um, everybody doesn't have to have a revalve. I mean, it's obviously we can always make it better than stock stuff, but some guys can get away with just proper springs and having the right sag set and not having your fork set up this far in the triple clamps, um, you know, just basic stuff. Right. And when, who do you recommend? So let's just say some guy buys a bike he's 200 pounds mm -hmm. um so he's clearly heavier than what the manufacturer right. says it should be where do you go to get that information like the best information for the springs that you should um have? i mean everybody's a little different but you can call us and we can give you spring rate recommendations or race tech has the builder that they you can do on there the heavier guy you are the farther that that is off i think um i'm a big guy obviously so 
my uh, the recommendations for me is a little bit farther out of the realm than what you really should be running. Okay. So, um, but yeah, average size guy, 200 pounds, 220. I mean, race tech's pretty close. Pretty or close? you can call us and I can get you the right information and stuff. So right there's on. no problem. And who do you recommend for springs? Like if you're going to buy springs? Um, I mean, Factory Connection makes, Ebok makes their springs. They have good springs. Race tech has good springs. Um, we get some springs from Q Springs, which is um, SKF the importer. Okay. In the tech, they import those springs from Italy. They're really good. Right so, nice. Yeah. So after you got the right springs, let's we'll talk about SAG. What? Because I mean, a lot of guys know, but a lot of guys don't. What? Yeah. What are we talking about? So talking about the SAG? SAG is how much your bike squats under its own weight, and then that's the um, bike SAG, and then the free SAG, and then rider SAG is when you're sitting on the bike or standing on the bike. So that has a working window. Each bike's a little bit different. Um, normally, it's around 100 millimeters rider SAG and 35 millimeters um, static SAG. So. You want to make sure that you're close to that window as possible because if it's too much, then the bike's going to, you know, chopper and it's not going to want to turn good. Or if it's too, doesn't have enough, then it's real squarely on the front end and doesn't get good traction. So, um, right on. So yeah. And I've noticed like everybody has a little bit of their own personal preference. Like for me, yeah. I, I end up in the back seat too much yeah. <laughs> sometimes, especially at the end of a race or end of a long yeah. ride. So I I run a little bit less rider sag than yep. some folks because I more on the front bike. Yeah, it just yep. forces the weight onto the front. Yep. So for sure. Yeah, that's all preference. I mean, that's the thing about suspension is there's not a set in stone. This is how only how it works because some people like a softer feeling bike and some people like a stiffer feeling bike and I mean depending on what you're riding in. Where we ride in Oklahoma and Arkansas and Missouri, it's a lot of rocks. And a lot of like square edge just will beat you up stuff. So the softer stuff seems to work a little bit better. So right on. Okay, Jay Coleman asks, this is a great question. Do you like bladders for shocks? Yes. I mean and and look the, I'm with you. I'm hundred percent with the bladder for shock. Give I me mean, the Showa, Showa and KYB use bladders. They're the biggest manufacturers of suspension in the world. Um, Owens and WP use the pistons and Sometimes the pistons are okay, but for square edge breaking mumps and rocks and roots and that kind of stuff, the shock with the bladder, it lets it move um, so easier so it's softer or it doesn't kick you as much as um, the, the piston. And a lot of time the piston band will wear out and the piston will get cocked in the side of the, the reservoir and it won't be as smooth. So, and I've seen the videos of people, you know, oh, look at this shock, the oil's all bubbly. Well, I mean, anybody that can stroke a shock up and down three or four times and pop it apart real quick, they'll be bubbly no matter what. So, I mean, there is some, some of them do leak, but a lot of that stuff they see videos of is, you know, people just making it look worse than it really is. So, yeah, I if it was an issue, KYB would not be using a bladder. Right. And KYB, <laughs> every shock they have has a bladder pretty much. Yeah, and WP Pro Components, they wouldn't sell a bladder conversion kit for their track shock or for the new shocks. They wouldn't sell that if it was a bad product. So, right. Um, I don't know. We use bladders because they work better. So. Yeah, I I feel like, uh, I mean, forever I rode Yamahas. <clears throat> Obviously, I'll have bladders. Now I've got some KTMs under my belt, and I've got bladder kits on them, and I just, it, to me, the piston just doesn't make, it seems to yeah, complicate the system. Yeah, right. And I don't like yeah, complicated systems. To, to fail and wear out, and you know, the rubber bladders 
I mean, they'll wear out, but it's eventually. Eventually. Yeah. But everything wears everything out. Everything wears out eventually, not like a piston. So. Yeah. So, bladders up, pistons down. It's not the pistons yeah, don't it's work. Not pistons are bad. It's just they don't work as good as a bladder. Right. And so. the bladders are so easy to deal with when right. working, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. to rebuild it is right. so much easier. Yeah, you know, yeah, to set some sure. height and all yep. that stuff. You yep. just leave the thing and you're good to go. Yep. So, yeah, a big fan of bladders for cars and yep. everything, mountain bikes and stuff like that. Ooh. Uh, Javier says WP new generations pistons change to composite nylon and they cavitate. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I just the bladder just makes sense. It just doesn't <laughs> Yeah, I mean the bladder is either gonna work or it's not. Where a piston can get cocked, it can wear out the you can have egg shaped in the bladder the outside or the reservoir, so the piston will not really seal very good. I mean there's lots of things with the piston that I don't that I don't like. Yeah. So. Probably brand new yeah. is when they're fine. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. so, obviously, hot topic, air forks. Yeah. Yes, no, what's good, what's bad? Uh, I mean, Which I have version? a 19450 XCF, and I have air forks on my bike. They work okay. I mean, they're not the best fork I've ever ridden. Um, I mean, they're the later generation, the last generation of them are okay. They definitely do feel different. Um, some people don't like the feel. Um, tuning, you know, you can, there's a lot more tunability with them because you can adjust pressures. Um, I don't know, they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what have, have you seen many failures? Um, few on the WPs, um, not very many on the Japanese stuff. Right. Um, so, I mean, early PSF1 stuff, if you lost the seal, the fork would collapse, but that was only kind of failure. Right. Brand new seal in it, and then it's fine. So yeah, but the the new AER stuff is I've seen a few early versions have failures, but not not the late model stuff. Right. So and have you one complaint that people have about that is inconsistency in over a ride. Have you noticed that? Like I I'm not good enough. Yeah, I had a bike I mean, Air Force. I'm not good enough to notice that. I think most of the inconsistency is you just people getting tired and blame it on the fork. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm obviously not the specimen of fitness over here, but um, <laughs> I just did an Ironman race and did six and a half hours on the bike, and, and the fork felt just as fine at the end of the race as it did at the beginning for me. So, um, yeah. yeah. I've um, always said that when, if at the end of a long ride or race, you know, whatever, 100 miles yeah. and it's rough. If you are, regardless of the kind of fork you're having, right. if you're hitting things and you feel like it's working well, you've clearly got a good setup. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> because or you're in shape. And, or you're in shape. Yeah. Because I get beat down tired, and that's my, I've noticed, I can't tell you how many times in the past you're riding, it's like, man, the suspension sucks. It was so good this morning. Yeah. And then you get on it the next morning, and it's like, oh. Yeah, but it's great. I'm fresh. Shane says, "Did you go to school to study about suspension work? If so, where?" Good question. Yeah, so I worked with the company, uh, or worked for a company called Tulsa Cycle Supply, and Craig Chapman um, ran that company, owned it, and he was like tinker with suspension. So I learned a lot from him. And then I got a beta in 2013 and was looking for someone to do my suspension on that thing and talked to Travis out in California. And then uh, one thing led to another. I flew to California and spent a few weeks out there, went to school with him and learned the way that they do stuff versus the way I was doing it from before and uh, kind of went to school and then been doing it ever since. So, uh, yeah, 
So right on. I have a question. So uh, uh, those of us who are big KYB fans mm -hmm. see that the gas gas mm -hmm. shows up at the KYB forks. Yep. Um, Josh Hartleroad is on here. He's watching. Yep. Um, he bought a gas gas solely because of that. Yep. And but has noticed that it they don't work. He does not feel like they work as good as a Yamaha KYB. It's just set up. Is it just set up? Yeah. It's not chassis. It's, no, it's geometry. exactly the same. The components are exactly the same setup as what's on a 250F uh, or 250X Yamaha. Okay. Like I spec'd out a 250X Yamaha, measured everything, checked all the shim stacks and everything, and yeah. then took a 2018 300R. Whatever, whatever their race yeah. race edition is, and took it all apart, inspected it out. It's exactly the same setup, right spec on. to spec. So, mm -hmm. but no, we have a couple guys in Texas running them, um, and I have them. Things working really good. They're super happy with them. So nice. Yeah. Because I wondered if it was a chassis geometry situation. No, I don't think so. I just think there? they copied what work was working on the Yamaha and put it in there, and kind of went. What, from there. So, what a crazy idea. Yeah. Copy the thing that works really yeah. well. Instead Copy of the best suspension out there. Put it on. Yeah, instead of reinventing the wheel. Right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, conventional or upside down fork, question mark, says John. What, like, so, John, I'm going to adjust your question. Um, chime in if this doesn't match, but I'm going to talk about, let's just talk about off-road riding, not racing, but just off-road trail riding at a decent pace intermediate pace i mean there's a reason why everything's went to upside down forks so i mean open or uh, conventional forks are fine but you have the fork overhang underneath the axle that gets hung up on rocks and roots and, and ruts and stuff um they're way more flexible which i mean a uh, trail bike's okay but anytime you pick the face up at all it's not very good because you don't know what the front end's doing sure it's got too much flex and it's moving around too much so um, yeah, everything's gone to upside down forks. I mean, there's not really an advantage other than flex to go to conventional. So yeah, and maybe cheap, like you know, price. So if, if and Brady and I were talking about this last night about manufacturers should make some inexpensive motorcycles. Yeah. Because not everybody can afford a ten thousand nope. dollar motorcycle. Nope. Um, and maybe a four thousand dollar motorcycle that's yeah. decent would be cool. Um, and maybe make something like the XR650 with conventional forks, but make it cost four grand, right. yeah. something like that. That wouldn't be, in my opinion, that would be an okay reason to put conventional yeah. forks on something. Correct. So obviously, we all love brand new, shiny, fancy, high oh, yeah. suit stuff. But there's a lot to be said for just getting out and riding. So in 2010, I raced 1,000 with Roger and Anna, and uh, we had the the hands down best part of that race was we were on a 250F, so it was really slow. Yeah. So you could just hold it wide open and feel like you're going fast, but it wasn't like gonna kill you fast. Right. It was awesome. Like topped out yeah. like 78 miles an hour. Yeah. It's a lot better than 100 on a 650. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> seals. What do you mm -hmm. think of the best seals? Um, OEM or SKF? And SKF has two different seals, so we run HD, which are the double lip heavy duty seals. Yeah, so that's what that we run. Best. And just so you guys that are watching know about the two versions of uh, SKFs, because I've had some customers come in, like holding seals in their hands, like these are like three dollars cheaper than the seals you sell. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I know, because it's a different part number. Right. And it's the right seal. I mean, yeah. it, it fits. It's good, and it's yeah. a good seal. Right. Right. I mean, it's not a bad seal. No. But. The HDs are a little bit more money, but they hold up way yeah, a lot better. better. Way better. We're 
I'm they work good, but I don't know. We have a couple of places in Oklahoma. Stillwater has like this really fine red dirt, uh-huh. and Oklahoma City's the same way. And I haven't really found a fork seal that lasts forever in that stuff. It's just the dirt's so fine it gets up in the seals. But um, yeah, the heavy duty ones last as long as pretty much everything else. So have you a little longer? Have you ever run the mud scrapers that those guys? Yeah, make? yeah. how do those work? They work good. Yeah, yeah. Do they? Are they a pain to take off and clean? No, it's just a cotter pin. Just a little cotter yeah. pin? Okay. I've never run one. Straighten the cotter pin out, pull it out, and it comes apart off the fork. Okay. So it's no cool. big deal. Do you feel like they help at all? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and especially in mud race, they scrape, they keep the fork tube pretty much clean. Nice. So it's going to save your seal. So, And in Oklahoma, all we've had is mud races here lately. Yeah. Fork seal service has been good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Christopher says, I have a KTM 500 EXE. As I get better, I feel like I should stiffen the suspension. Do you get more control or risk being bounced off beyond my control? What do you so? Um, no, because stiffer suspension is is probably the faster you go, the better it is. I mean, that's why Supercross suspension is so stiff, is because those guys are slamming into stuff so fast. Um, if it's slow, it's going to bottom out, and then it's you're not going to have control when it when it kicks you. So, stiffer suspensions. Um, stiffer suspension is better than way too soft suspension. So right, but. The 500s are a little soft to begin with. I don't know how much he weighs, but I will say this: like if you're a bigger guy, like our friend Brady, <laughs> um, the, uh, <laughs> yep. the uh, and you start putting the right springs in your bike. To, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to me that that necess- necessitates a revalve yeah, more for sure than if you just use stock springs. Yeah, if you're above like probably 215, 220, um, you're gonna have to revalve it with springs to. To make up for the valving for the heavy spring, right? Because the spring's gonna want to blow yeah. back through, yeah. right? Yeah. So like, and you're gonna need to add valving in there for for a bigger guy. So, and just like those super light people, you gotta have to soften, take valving out of it, so the spring actually works like it's supposed to. Right. So, I do a lot of like little um, smaller kids and women, um, and we have to soften their stuff up when we put lighter springs in it. So. Yeah, because that's the, if you don't think about. I don't. I used to not think about it, but if you put a stiff spring, because I I was bigger than I am now. And you put a stiff spring in it, and that's great. It holds the bike up in the stroke like you want. But and maybe it's okay for compression, you know, when you hit things. But then when the when the wheel now is coming back out to catch the next thing that you're gonna yep. hit, it's coming. The spring is fighting that valving like crazy. Yeah. And coming back out, and it just turns into a pogo stick. Pretty much. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Richard Dawson says seal savers or no. My answer is no. Yeah. I mean. There's situations that are nice, but you have to maintain seal savers just like you do everything else. If you put seal savers on there and leave them on there for 20 or 30 hours, then no. But if you peel them up and clean underneath them and make sure they're all clean, then they're okay. But a lot of people don't do that. I like the ones that Voker on so you can take them off and on. And like if you go to a moderation, you can put them on there and take them off afterwards. So Yeah, I I feel the same way. I don't even want to mess with them, even the Velcro ones. I don't want them either. Um, I can... Quick short story, we had a customer, had seal savers, like really long ones, remember, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. He had these crazy yeah. long ones on his bike. He calls in, he fork seals in, okay, great. So he brings the bike down, and I'm like, all right, fork seals, great, take care, we'll, we'll get back to you when we get it done. And I take the, I go to take the thing apart, and his chrome on, oh, was just pitted yeah. in junk. Oh, yeah. Because they'd been on the there time. for who knows yeah. how long, and yeah. all the whatever. Yeah chemicals yeah, we'll from polish the chrome right and just yeah. it was junk so because anyway so i don't like seal savers 
Scott Willard, what's your thoughts on running an old-style open chamber fork on a newer bike that came with AER forks? Uh, I mean, if you have a set that you like that work good, I mean, there's no problem running them on the new, but that's a good thing about KTMs from like 2003 or four until now. I mean, you can swap forks around and as long as you change axles and wheel spacers out, you can run whatever fork you want to on there. So right. I know a lot of guys keep the old like 2013 and older, the closed cartridge. Yeah. Forks. Yeah. yeah. And they just keep putting those on their newer bikes. So yeah, um, yeah, it's not a problem. I like those forks. Again, and because I'm not a suspension guy, are those forks? Those seem to me to be awfully close to a KYB fork. Yeah, they're pretty. <laughs> I mean, they're the same. I mean, other than having the bladder in top instead of the free piston, I mean, they're a pretty close copy. Pretty close. They work copy. the same. Same. Yeah. The same uh, thoughts on how they're how they're designed. Right, so, and they yeah. work great. Yeah, they work good. And then they got rid so, of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cheaper to make air forks and. Uh, Explore for or uh, four CS forks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those yeah. are the best forks ever <laughs> <laughs> for us. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Four yeah, CS is great for the suspension yeah, world. Great for, Thank oh, yeah. you guys. Yeah. Um, cone valves are the best. Okay, let's talk about cone valves. Like for people that have billions of dollars, like Aleph. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> um, Super no, rich. Uh, what? What? Actually, describe a cone valve in the basic world for all the people so, that just hear about them. cone valve is like the kit, the A kit forks that you can get from WP. Um, they're a good fork. They're like everything's billet machine, like the feet are billet machine, so they're super nice and rigid. Um, they got the DLC coatings. They got all the cool coatings on in the internals and all that stuff. So it's basically just um, like the third top of the line fork uh, for the average guy. He don't really need it. Um, mm -hmm. The KYB um, cartridge system that we sell um, works performance to performance wise works just as good as a cone valve. I think I ran both of them on my bike. Aleph has my old cone valves. Um, price wise, I mean, I would go a KYB route if it was me because you're going to have a lot less money wrapped up in them. You don't have all the cool coatings. I mean, we can do the coatings, but um, you don't really need them for the average guy. Right. More coatings just wear out, and then you got you know you have to spend more money to maintain them. So. Awesome. Do they do the coatings like the DLC stuff? Does they last longer? Um, not really. I mean, the the DLC coating lasts longer than like a tie nitrate coating, okay. but they I mean they both wear out eventually over time. Right. So especially if you're riding in the mud. Yeah. Um, DLC is a little slicker than chrome. Um, uh, so Thomas, uh, assuming I have a KYB swap on his 16SX and XCF, how do you like it? Thomas, let us know. I'm sure it's awesome. Yeah, they're they're uh, super good forks. Like, I mean, that's yeah, really, really good. Is it cheaper to do that, or can you put the front end of a Yamaha onto a KTM? It's cheaper to do. It's it's so hard to find KYB forks because everybody started putting KYB internals in the WP stuff, so right. it's almost impossible to find a used set now. Um, and then the triple clamp diameters are different, so you'd have to put triple clamps on there. So right. I know a few guys that have have X-Trig triple clamps with for a Yamaha with a KTM stem in it, so they have Yamaha outer tubes and all that, but okay. um, it's just cheaper just, to just do the cartridge kit and be done with it. And what does that cost? From uh, around 1700 with springs and a revalve and everything installed ready to go for you. So, mm -hmm. And that's the just the forks, right? Yeah, just the forks. Gotcha. Yep. And what, how much for putting doing the shock? I mean, too? if we do the shock too, depending on if it needs a spring and all that stuff, you're around two to twenty-two hundred somewhere in there. Okay, right on. Um, um, so we 
on this show, we end up talking about mooses a lot. Yep. Do you change the valving in a suspension if a guy's going to run mooses, or is it more of a clicker setting? It's more of a clicker setting. Um, the new, especially the newer mooses are 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 way more reactive than the old ones, so right. they feel more like a tube. Right. So I think just clicker settings, you can get away with with getting that feel that you want. Gotcha. So. If if you're like, I know it depends on the person, all that oh, stuff, yeah. but let's just say. A guy has a bike that's set up. He likes a lot the way it works mm -hmm. with tubes, okay? Yeah. And he's going to put mooses in him. What is the first thing? Like, what would you do, the first click you would do to that bike? Nothing. Nothing. Just ride it? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. if he doesn't love it, yeah. where, like, because, like, what what is the difference? Like, what what's changing there? I mean, so it just feels... Well, if they're new move or new mooses or old mooses, I mean that kind of. So new mooses feel a lot stiffer, so you want to have to soften it up a little bit okay. to kind of get that feel back. Gotcha. Um, if they're worn out mooses, you might have to go in stiffer because they feel dead and they feel worn out. So. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, weight, weight wise anymore, you you like if you get a Michelin heavy duty tube versus like a nitro bib and weigh them, they're real close to the same. So weight wise, you're not really changing anything. It's just feel. So. Right. Yeah. I feel like the nitros are a, a little heavy. Do you feel like that? No. Are they heavier than the Michelin moose? No, I don't think so. God, I swear I had one recently. I haven't put them on a scale, but. I swear I had one recently. just felt like it weighed a metric ton. And maybe, I don't know, we've talked about that too, some inconsistencies yeah. with nitro. Yeah, we've. I've had a few that's I take it out of the box, and I'm like, this is not even close to the right where right. it's supposed to be. So, and, yeah. And I can say that there's, like, at least from Tucker, they're starting to show up as the gray ones. Oh, really? Like the prototype ones that I got in our yeah. KTM. They're starting to show up like that in boxes now. Yeah. So, um, Bobby says lower linkage maintenance or aftermarket parts. Okay, cool. So let's talk about lower linkage because I saw your little post on Facebook with the little videos and stuff like that. Tell us all about that. Like what what's uh, going on there? I mean, the bad thing is people buy new bikes and they just ride them and they don't take them apart and check. I mean, they don't have any grease in them from the factory. I have a brand new bike and I took it apart and it was just like hard, not even enough grease to cover my finger on there. So I think that's EPA, government regulations, whatever. Um, I would always buy a new bike, take it down pretty close to the frame, grease all the pivots, grease all the linkage, grease all that stuff. And I do it twice a year. Like I'll do a summer break, I'll take it all apart and clean everything, grease everything, steering stem bearings, linkage bearings, swing arm bearings, all that. And then in the wintertime when it's too cold to do anything, I'll do the same thing. So yeah. And a lot of times I have customers complain, oh, my shock doesn't work, my shock's crap, and then you get the bike and you take the shock off and you, you try to lift the swing arm and it's like, it doesn't move. Yeah. So just like the video I posted the other day, yeah. he was complaining about shock and it's just like, well, I mean, the bearings are froze up, so the shock's never going to work. So... But yeah, I mean, there's a lot to suspension work. I mean, you gotta maintain your linkage and everything to make sure everything's working like it's supposed to. Right, and the steering head. I yes. mean, because I've had my own personal bikes that I maybe wasn't maintaining all that great, and it's like, man, the front end of this yeah. thing feels like junk. <laughs> yeah. And then I put it on a stand. It's like, it, it, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's got this yeah. sweet like steering yeah. stabilizer <laughs> set up on it. Yeah. And uh, mm. so all these like everything that you're doing on the bike dial comes into the chassis right yeah, like, for sure like yeah, even the motor like i've noticed like I, I i had we were going up this really rocky thing up on the plateau with some friends and one of my friends had had his uh suspension valve <clears throat> years and years ago before i knew either javier or brady or travis 
And uh, he's like, man, I, the suspension works great, but like right here is kill, killing me. And I'm like, what gear are you in? Because it was a pretty gnarly hill. And he's like, first. I'm like, dude, no, 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 no. Shift up yeah, like two because he's on a four-stroke. I'm like, shift up two gears, keep that thing down in the RPM and just easy on the gas. Yeah. And sure enough, his suspension woes went away because it just settled the bike down. Yeah. Um, so all of it comes into play. Like it's not just – um, the little valves and shims inside. The, right. Yeah. The thing. No, there's, there's a whole, everything has to work together. Yeah. So. I had a guy actually, a very knowledgeable, really good writer <laughs> call me. He said, man, the back end of my bike is, uh, uh, it's terrible. And I'm like, okay. I mean, we hadn't done anything too. He's just like trying to figure out what was wrong. It was a YZ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm like, I don't know, Al, dude, you gotta like maybe take it apart and see what's up. And his, um, bottom i think the bottom bolt on the shock or on the dog anyway one of them was bent oh yeah and like yeah. what didn't move yeah <laughs> it was like yeah. riding a rigid hard yeah. tail chopper just like that lower shock bearing on yamaha always goes bad because it's oh, yeah. down there in the water and like getting splashed yeah. all the time yeah yeah same same thing so what do you think about changing linkage um geometries uh, most bikes it? don't need it right yeah on. So, Are I mean, there any bikes some, that you would say do need it for sure? Uh, I mean, Pro Circuit offers some stuff for like the Super Minis and the KX85s and stuff that make a big difference, but um, most full-size bikes. I think the Honda has a new linkage that they think it's better, but not in general, no. Right so, Tech question, favorite oil for suspension sports? Um, KYB. Okay. Right on. Yeah. And then favorite oil for shock? KYB K2C. There we go. So, right on. And do you guys sell that if someone needs that? Um, or do you just get No, I mean, you can get yeah, it. Yeah, we can get it you for sure. I just didn't know. Or, yeah, yeah. Rocky Mountain or whoever sells that stuff. So cool. Right on. I buy it in bulk, so it's kind of hard to sell it that way. Yeah, for sure. Did you guys modify OEM stuff like pistons, PETA, shock needles? Uh, some stuff, yes. Some stuff, no. I mean, it just kind of depends on the bike, um, you know. The WP stuff, modify pistons a little bit, but KYB pistons are good, so you don't really have to do much with those. Right on. Do you flatten them out at all? Yeah, definitely. Every time <clears> I take them apart. Okay. Even if I do, like, it's just a service, we check the piston to make sure it's flat. Because gotcha. they'll wear, like, you know, cone yeah, or funky, yeah, concave or whatever, and you got to make sure they're flat. They're not flat. They don't seal against the shims. Nice. Scott Willard, do you have an opinion on Dalsagio? Um... I know a lot of guys are running those, and they seem to be pretty good. I think they're just a copy of, like, the closed cartridge bladder forks um, that KTM ran for a long time. So, I mean, I think so. what I've heard and the customers I have that are running them, they all seem to be happy with them, so I think they're okay. Yeah, I've so. seen them, you know, obviously, again, I'm not a suspension tuner, but I've seen the parts. Like, we serve it. You know, I service lots of suspension, and uh, when we take them apart, they seem like good parts. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's at yeah, least high-quality stuff, yeah. you know. It's not yeah. junk. My son is on here saying good morning. Good morning, guys. How's it going? They're in the other room. I will say on the Dalsagio kit, though, if you're going to buy the full cartridges, it's, I mean, for the money, I would spend the extra and get the KYB set up because it's, then you have the best stuff that you can put in there. Nice. Okay, cool. And And then every, like, a whole bunch, whether we do it or factory, whoever does it, um, everybody has a lot of experience with KYB internals. So it's a lot. You need parts, you need sub-brakes, something, the cartridge seal goes bad. You have a lot more availability to get parts to, to fix them. So. Right, yeah, because, I mean, every, deal, every dealer that's a Yamaha yeah. dealer would right. have parts, yeah. right? Yeah. When yeah. you guys do the KYB, 
Are you buying Yamaha parts, no, or no, just buying direct from KYD? Direct from KYD. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we we got a kit through through them that you can buy everything. All right, guys, we are bumping into the forty minute range, so we're gonna shut her down. Um, one last, if anybody has any more, one last question, we'll take that. Uh, so we'll take one more question, and then we're gonna go get to work, and then go ride dirt bikes. Uh, John says eleven WR four fifty F or nineteen KTM four fifty. Nineteen KTM all day long. I nineteen anything. The, that version of WR was horrible. There you go. Punk Rock Club, thanks for sticking around. Appreciate it. Um, and we are, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube later, subscribe to the Stinking Channel by now. Okay, get over it. <laughs> subscribe. It means a lot to us. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, Brady's here till Monday. Yep. So come on, say hi, go ride with us. We're going to have a ton of fun. And no matter what you do, make sure you get out and ride your dirt bikes.